can't tell if it was blanket smells or this dog smells. The dog. It's the dog. Dude, can you not, man? <laughs> He's just like licking the tip of my toe. Yeah. Stop! He likes to lick toes. Stop it. <laughs> you called him a freak yesterday. <laughs> you were like, stop being a freak because he was licking your toes. <laughs> no, he just came over and smelled my foot. Like oh, he was, that's what it was asleep in his bed. And he walked over and just like stuck his nose against my foot and smelled it. And I was like, what are you doing, you freak? <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. We're good dog owners. We are. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I uh, I went to a mall today. Yeah. Um, for the first time in over first a time year. In, a, in an over a year. And I, I went into Lush, and uh, they're very friendly at Lush in general. So the guy was like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a mall for the first time in like over a year. So I'm like a little anxious, but it's okay. And I feel like... It was maybe an overshare because then he was like, I don't know. I mean, he's still very nice, but he was like, oh. Did he like get you a weighted blanket or something? I mean, (laughs) he might as well have. Uh, Yeah, no, but it's. It's like she needs a thunder shirt. Yeah, she needs something. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, I have weird like shopping anxiety anyway, where it's like you walk into a store and it's like. Oh, don't talk to me. I know you're you you have to talk to me because your manager told you to talk to me. But please don't talk to me. I don't need any help. I'm mm. good. Um, and so well, it gets, also- I get very like <laughs> when people like I like if there's a store and it's very small and there's no one else in it. I'm like I don't need to go in there. But uh, the whole point was to go. I went like right as the mall opened, so there would not be a lot of people there. So it was like every store I went into, it was like, "Hey, how are you?" And I'm like, "Good. How are you?" <laughs> There please you go. Please don't watch me shop. Oh, I don't know what it is, but anyone else? Anyone else out there have that? Or is it just me? Well, also, you're a black person, and <laughs> I feel like you were followed around a lot as a teenager. In yeah, stores yeah, for yeah, like yeah. A different reason that sometimes maybe that friendliness is masking a different thing. Uh, that's very possible. Um, anyway, welcome to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, but I not I don't mean to tell you about your life. I'm not trying maybe you're maybe you just don't like friendly people. I don't know. No, it's not that I don't like it's just I it's it's a weird like paying attention to me thing. I fully understand. And it's also if they're coming at you like that, they're trying to make a sale. They're not trying right. to be your friend. And right. So, and I just wanna like look around. Yeah. Great. This is a great Did I make it too deep? <laughs> No. Not deep enough. Not deep enough. <laughs> Great. Um, um, oh, my other topic at the top. Go for it. So a couple of hours ago, my Instagram was all, hey, you have a notification. I was like, cool, Instagram, what's up? And I opened it, and it says, you have an unread message from Lizzo B. Eating, which is Lizzo's handle. 
And so I had a small panic attack and I clicked on it and it just took me to her profile. And I went back and I, I actually screenshotted it at that point because I was like, something's going on. This is weird, but this is a very cool thing to see. And then in my like franticness trying to figure out what was going on, I refreshed it and the notification went away. And now I can't figure out like what was that just a weird glitch or did I just miss my chance at uh, connecting with with Lizzo? You didn't. (laughs) I don't know if it was a glitch. You didn't miss anything because if Lizzo wants to get in touch with you. She'll get in touch with me. She'll get in touch with you. It wasn't like let me send one secret self-destructing Instagram message. Like, let me send, like, she has to answer a riddle if she wants to get this message or something. (laughs) No, I know, but it's just such a weird thing because... Very weird. And I had tagged her in a story. Right. But she hasn't watched the story. Who knows? So I don't know what's... Guys, what's happening? Lizzo? Lizzo, can you hear me? (laughs) Lizzo, if you're listening... (laughs) <laughs> Big fan of the it's a DVD deathmatch. Um, I missed your message. Get in touch again, yeah, please, girl. True. Yeah, please reach out again. Please. <laughs> um, wild. I don't have anything to report. Well, there's something here on the on the document that I see. Yeah, I meant about my life. I mean, I have oh. we have a rule to talk about. We can get into the rules. Let's get into a rule. So we got another rule this week. This one from <laughs> Greg. Greg! It's the lawnmower man rule. Now mm-hmm. remember, to recap, these are rules where if we get to the end of the podcast and we want to keep both mm-hmm. DVDs, then we have to choose one of these rules from the spreadsheet that the listeners are submitting. Mm-hmm. We love these. Please yeah. send more. Send them in. This is the lawnmower man rule from Greg. Mm-hmm. One of the two DVDs gets thrown out, but you buy a digital copy of it to live in the cloud. So okay. if you want to get rid of if that in that rule, we do have to get rid of a DVD, but we get to buy. We get to we still get to have it, but we just digitally. Yeah. Why is it the Lawnmower Man rule? Well, it's a reference to the 1991 film The Lawnmower Man, starring Pierce Brosnan. Okay. And something <laughs> in that movie, it's that movie is like such. It's one of those things. Like Balloon Boy or something that, it, or Ken Bone that's just like at this point a comedy reference, mm-hmm. but not like it has something to do with it's a it's based on a Stephen King short story and it has something to do with like getting sucked into virtual reality, okay, and like cyberspace being like the real demon in in like I am not sure, <laughs> okay, but it's about living in the cloud, about being sucked into cyber webs and what have you. I love it. Well, thanks, Greg. Good rule. We'll add it to the list. I love it. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be using any rules this week. No, me either. Because our movies this week are The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 2005 versus The Fifth Element from 1997. Oh, boy. Two very similar movies. Two weirdly similar movies. We'll get into it, but like... This was a real double feature. Yeah. And I feel like, I think I said this last week, uh, two movies that live in the world of my two eldest siblings mm. um, for some reason. There you go. Uh, I don't even I don't even fully know if they l- genuinely like these films, but it's the kind of thing that they would have seen and we would have talked about. 
Sure. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Okay. It's not like, oh, they're huge fifth element heads. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> um, should we get started? Let's get started. Our first movie is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as you said, from 2005. Directed by Garth Jennings. Our IMDb summary is, mere seconds before the Earth is to be demolished by an alien construction crew, journeyman Arthur Dent is swept off the planet by his friend Ford Prefect, a researcher penning a new edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yup. Yep, that's it. That's it. I mean, this is based on a very famous novel by Douglas Adams. Yes, which is based on a radio play? Yes. Okay. I th- I think you're I think, I think right? You're it's right. like radio play book. Yeah. And then the book is movie. a series of books. Yes. And then there's a bunch there's like a TV adaptation from the 80s or something like that. Like Yeah. There's, there's this concept has been has many manifestations. Right. And I feel like there's a thing I read that there's a thing with this concept where this uh, whenever it's adapted, new elements are added, oh. elements are taken away. Like like Douglas Adams had a hand in every adaptation and all, never was too precious about anything. Like the the That's bo- cool. the bones are the same, but every incarnation of it adds things and has like completely different kind of elements to it and stuff, which is very cool. That's cool. I was a big fan of the books when I was a kid. Mm. I definitely read all of them mm-hmm. and read this one many times. And so I remember being excited about the movie. Plus, it was like, oh, the guy from The Office is in it, Martin Freeman. Yeah. And I, like, loved Most Deaf yeah. at the time. <laughs> and um, Yasin Bey is yeah. his name now. Um, but, and so him acting as uh, Ford was, like, a big deal. Yeah. And, yeah I, I, I remember just, being very excited about Most Deaf. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think I've read the books. I think I tried to read them. After I saw this movie and I failed. That's fine. Hey, hey, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I've done that with every, almost every, 80% of books I've started, <laughs> probably. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so when you put it in, it's got a cool menu. Guys, it's got a cool menu. It does have a cool menu. Lots of good features. Yeah, very, uh, the menu is in the style of the, uh, guide as it's represented in this film. I don't know if that's how it's always represented as kind of this like tablet. No, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't know, yeah. but I don't think it is. And the animation style, like it's, it's very cool looking. Yeah. It's like a flash animation style. Yeah. That is like very mid two thousands. But so there's like these little flash animations that happen throughout the entire movie and they're very, they're very like well done and they look really good. Yeah. That's, that was very cool. <laughs> but the menu is in the same style. Yes. Um, and there's an improbability button that you can push that takes you to, apparently, we thought it was a random scene in the movie, but apparently it's a random part, uh, of like an extra. Or, or the movie. It's a scene in the movie or one of the extras. Like it just takes you to one thing on the desk. Okay. Okay. And then if you push it enough times, it actually plays, um, the cartoon that Deep Thought is that yeah, Deep, Deep Thought. Thought is watching when they get to her, right? Yeah, like they pl- it plays that cartoon. If that you weird push cartoon. it enough times, Deep Thought is the supercomputer voiced by Helen Mirren. Yeah, if you don't know anything about Hitchhiker's Guide, this doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense. Exactly. <laughs> We're gobbledygook, right? So it's it's the the it's a it's a comic kind of novel where the Earth is destroyed. Arthur Dent is like normal everyday Joe in England. Yeah. Gets his his best friend. He finds out is an alien. 
who then takes him off the planet, and then they have an adventure trying to figure out the meaning of the universe, essentially. Yeah, and there's also, like, a love interest thing. There is a love interest thing. I think Zoe Deschanel, who was, I remember at the time, you know, big. Height of her powers, Height of her powers, yeah. Well, I think both of these movies, we're gonna, we're gonna, there's gonna be a theme here. There's gonna be a couple mm-hmm. themes in this episode. Uh-huh. One of them is like practical effects and like puppetry. Yeah. And mixing CGI and and that because I think both these movies have that in spades. Yeah. The other one and the, to you know use them to like really good effect. The other one is like bad uh, is like ill advised love interest yeah. stories. Oof. <laughs> Because I think in in this one, it's, like, less offensive. In this one, it's just normal kind of, like, schlubby guy who feels entitled to the girl. That he met once at a party. And he he holds a torch for her, and she's very much like, I'm going to change you. I'm going to change your life um, because I'm free-spirited. Yeah. Let's go to Madagascar. And he's like, oh, I could never... And, um, but then he's mad that she goes for someone else and then he's like mad at her about it. Yeah. And that's just like, not good, but it's very typical, normal mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it was at the time. Yeah, it definitely was the time. I don't know, um, as much anymore. I think there's at least an attempt to not have that happen. Yeah. Um, and in Fifth Element, just, we'll get to it, but it's way worse. <laughs> way worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you would think... Uh, the, the movie opens with a, a musical number featuring dolphins, yeah. uh, which gotta say, right up my alley. It's so good. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. It's yeah. it's great. It's the great. The song is great. Yeah, it's so great. So the dol- the dolphins are smarter than humans. Yeah, and they know that the Earth's about to be destroyed, so they're leaving. And they've been trying to tell the humans, right. and the humans just put them in SeaWorld, which, like, yikes, right. opening at SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then there's this song that they sing as they're leaving the planet called So Long and Thanks so for All the Fish. And it's so good. So long, so long, and thanks for all the fish. It's so good. It's such a fun song and such a great way to open the movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then, I mean... Yeah, uh, uh, we go on uh, quite the adventure. I don't know. Oh, oh, I I also wrote down, uh, you're opening with a musical dolphin number, like you had me. You also open with a physical comedy of him hitting his head on the ceiling as he's coming down the stairs. Yeah. And I was like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's kind of where the uh, love affair ends for me with this film. Right. I uh, I mean, okay, I didn't. It's not that I hated it. And I remember this about watching it, seeing it the first time. I remember seeing it in the theater the first yeah. time, um, which is rare for me. I don't often, <laughs> you I don't. Don't often remember theatrical experiences. No. For some reason, this one is stuck in my brain. But just in that very hazy way of like, I remember the musical number. I, I'm sure it played over the credits as well. And I remember walking out of the theater to mm-hmm. it. Um and I feel like that's what this movie is for me, is that it's funny. There were a bunch of points where I guffawed, if you yeah. will. It's funny and completely forgettable for me. Like, it just... Totally. ...is is almost nothing. Even though it, 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 it feels like it should be 
a home run. I love Martin Freeman. Most deaf. Hell yeah. And he's not, not only were we excited for him, but he's so good. He is really he's good. He's weirdly it's good. Weird. Yeah. It's a very weird performance and he's, it's good. Like he, it's, it's the kind of performance where it's like for someone who, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know if he had acted before that in general, but like, it, it's the kind of performance where it's just like, he went for it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's perfect. Right. But there's no like wavering in it, right. which is half the fucking battle. He's committed. Yeah. Is committing to a bit. Yeah. That's half the battle yeah. of acting. I went to acting school, guys. Listen to me. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's it's perfect in that way. Mm-hmm. You've got Alan Rickman. Yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman's oh. so good. Oh, rip. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't. Um, I don't know. Sam Rockwell? Right. Well, here, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. Names. Yeah, exactly. So, I'll, I'll, I think this is a, I, it's like I don't disagree with anything you're saying mm-hmm. in that the movie feels a little slight. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not going to change your life. Yeah. But I did like it a lot. I, you know, I, and I remember liking it a lot when I saw it. And feeling like, oh, this is like a weirdly underrated movie because I don't think it did very well. I don't yeah. think a lot, a lot of people don't talk about it or anything. It but, seems like the kind of thing that people would be precious about, despite the creator not being precious about it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, for me, the fact that the movie, so the casting is great. You've got, you know, you didn't, you just mentioned Sam Rockwell, who I think like is amazing as that as he's a president of the galaxy and he's doing like a weird George W. Bush, Matthew McConaughey, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, like combo platter, which is funny because I was thinking the whole time I was like, Oh, he's doing like George W. Bush as a rock star. And didn't he later play George W. Bush in the vice movie? He does. And part of the, part of the trivia was he, he was, he was apparently going for a Clinton thing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people like, noted how it felt like George W. Bush and yeah. then later he played right. George W. Bush so that's very funny <laughs> what? Well, you just look like you're, you're like oh <laughs> why am I still talking? no I think that is interesting <laughs> um, but yeah so he's doing that and I think he's so funny and he's just doing like hey hey fellow what's going on hey, yeah. love you like it's great <laughs> and um, Martin Freeman Mostef Alan Rickman John Malkovich mm-hmm. uh Again, I'm now I'm saying the names. Just saying names. Zoe Deschanel's great. I also noted that this is like the second movie we've watched on this podcast <laughs> from the mid two thousands that incorporates lots of practical effects and CGI and also has a scene where our man child kind of hero is bothering Zoe Deschanel while she's trying to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was a thing in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Um Yeah. Anyway. Elf is the other one, you Elf guys. is the other one. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. I was not going to say that. People are like, a little night music? A little night music. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the cast is great. I, we've, I've mentioned it a couple times. I think the fact that there's so much, like, Jim Henson creature shop work in yeah. this. And, like, everything. I mean, there's obviously CGI, but there's a handmade quality to so much of it. There's, like the scene where they hit the improbability drive in the, which is like 
anything can happen button, essentially. Right. On the spaceship, and they all turn into yarn, and then there's, like, a scene where they're all yarn. Yeah. Is beautiful. And there's just, like, a lot of little touches like that. I wish there were more. Yeah. Honestly. Like, yeah. little things like that, I wish there was more, but it, but it just, the fact that that stuff exists is so great. Yeah. And the, um, the director, Garth Jennings, did, you know that Blur music video with the milk carton? Coffee yeah. and TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. him. He also did that the music tracks. video f- for one of your one of our favorite songs, which is REM's "Imitation of Life," <laughs> which is I like love that song. I love uh, the Great Beyond, uh-huh. and I love Man on the Moon. And they're you know, all the same song. Yeah? <laughs> all three of them are the same song. Go listen to them. They are the same song. <laughs> So yes, of and whenever course. I play any one of them, you you start singing the other the other over one the, over because yeah. <laughs> anyway. I am very cool. No, this, <laughs> but um, but so he's a music video director, and you see those touches throughout. Yeah, I watching it this time. Mm-hmm. So I like have this great affection for this movie because I love the books, and I think it's just like has all this great stuff going for it. And then watching it this time, like it got about halfway through, and I was like. I'm kind of bored. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, then they're what on the, they're on the run and there's John Malkovich and there's all this just like business happening. And I was like, I don't, I'm just a little not invested in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, I think a, a lot of it is like Martin Freeman, that character mm-hmm. type of like everyday mm-hmm. man, everyday white man mm-hmm. who. Uh, and I, you know, I consider myself everyday white man. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but that character type of everyday white man who's like annoyed that the girl won't go out with him mm-hmm. is a lot less charming for me than it was when I was uh, 22. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, uh, it feels a little toxic <laughs> uh, as, a, as just a trope, not like. You know, because we've seen where that shit leads to, like, incel culture and all right, that stuff. Right, right. I'm not saying Martin Freeman plays an incel <laughs> in this movie, but I'm just saying that, like, it's hard in 2021 to see, like, someone be like, why won't she go out with me? Yeah, and, and, and sympathize with that Yeah, exactly, all, exactly. And not just see a giant baby man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But, so that so that's a little charming, and I just, and I also think, like, I don't know. There's something about it that like, just doesn't, isn't, like, quite... Uh, that that didn't grab me this time. Yeah. As much as I, but as much affection as I have for the movie, and as much as I love all those touches. Yeah, it's very much one of those films that lives in my brain of like, yes, I liked that movie. I could not tell you anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and watching it again, I was like, right, because it's just kind of nothing. I don't know. It's so weird. But the it it's such a good adaptation of. I, I'm struggling with this. In my yeah, own self. I can, I can see that. Because it's such a good adaptation of the book because the book is so much about language and mm-hmm. about these little jokes and about... And whenever the movie tries to, like, do them just straight from the text, it, like, doesn't quite work. Like, there's a part in the beginning where most Steph goes... Uh, he's at the pub and he's, like, housing beers yeah. because they're about to get uh, destroyed. And he goes, uh, lunchtime, or, oh, I'm bu- fucking butchering wow. this. Wow. <laughs> and he goes, time is an illusion, lunchtime doubly so. Which is like such a just, that's from the book. Mm-hmm. And does not work as a line that most deaf says in a movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like very clunky. 
but there's so little of that kind of clunkiness for of like, let me say the thing that everyone loves from the book. Yeah. They like did such a smart job of adapting this. Mm-hmm. Um, that then, uh, what am I saying? That then like, I can't really figure out why. It doesn't work. It doesn't. It does work though. It just doesn't but quite. But it doesn't. <laughs> That's the thing is that it just doesn't. That's the whole, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's everything is there. Everything is well done and well crafted. It looks good. It sounds good, blah, blah, blah. But it's just not the final, there's a piece missing. I'm not going to go. lost a piece. I'm not going to go so far as to say it doesn't work. All right. I like when they turn into sofas. That is that, pretty funny. That's a funny part. Yeah. There's a gag, Bill Nye's in it. Yeah. And there's a gag, so they, they they go to see, like, the factory floor where they make worlds in yeah. the end. And there's, Bill Nye's showing Martin Freeman around, and they're, like, going around on these, like, um, this conveyor belt, essentially. Yeah, like a, like a cherry looking, picker. Looking at everything, and they go, like, past these mountains, and uh, there's a guy painting the mountains, and Bill Nye goes, Oi, Frank! And he turns to Martin Freeman and goes, That's Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect joke. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're like, okay. Um, I also just think that the use of practical effects and the devotion they had to like making it not just a CGI nightmare, mm-hmm. like elevates the material so much. Absolutely. I love the shit out of that. I love it. It's not enough to save the movie for me though. It does not pass the Bechdel test. No, it does not. Not even slightly. Not even close. Um, there's an woman, there's another woman, they do not talk to each other, no. and both of them are just about the men they're chasing. That's right. <laughs> That's totally true. Um, great. That's all I have. Yeah. You you say it doesn't work, I say it does work. I do say, I do admit that it kind of loses steam for me a little bit. Yeah. Halfway through. I love that. All right. Uh, hey. Is it available? Streaming. It's on Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla. And cine- and if you have Cinemax, you can stream it on your like Cinemax app. The heck is Hoopla? I think we did this. I think it's the like one for libraries. Oh right. Okay. I, I think. remember. I remember. But that might be like Boombo or whatever. <laughs> Forget. <laughs> Fubo. <laughs> Fubo is like the one where you buy it to watch live TV, I think. Oh god, listen. Go- Who knows? Go- Gooby is the one no, I'm just being Gooby Gobi? I'm just making one. Floby? Floby, a streaming service <laughs> called Floby. It's very funny. Uh, All right. Hey, what's the connection? So I knew this was going to happen watching these movies. You knew it. I did. Because they're both, they both have like weird creatures mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So I think there's more than one of these people. But mm-hmm. one that I found was Jerome St. John Blake. Okay. Played both a Vogon soldier in Hitchhiker's Guide, which okay. is those... Big, like, disgusting, kind of slug-like, <laughs> slug-like bureaucrats. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And also a Mondo Showen in The Fifth Element, which oh, are the big robots in the beginning, you know? Yeah. With, like, little heads. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this might be the first What's the Connection where it's just a guy who one. is in both movies. Yeah. And I think, I bet there were more than just this one guy who played, because these were both, you know, made, I think they were both made in Europe and, like... They both have all these, like, lots of creature work and lots of, like, all this stuff. So yeah. I, I, I I was not surprised that there was a one-to-one on this one. I love that. 
All right. Movie number two. Movie number two is... Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had a thought that I meant to mention about Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. You know what movie it reminds me of? What? More than any other movie. What? A movie that does not quite hang together as a movie, but has great moments, uh-huh. and is a fantasy uh-huh. that I love deeply, uh-huh. is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Like... There's just so much, like, inventive shit happening in it, even though it's kind of, like, nonsense. Okay. Interesting. That's what I think. Interesting. Sorry, we're on to the fifth element now. We are. Our next movie is The Fifth Element. It is. From 1997, directed by Luc, Luc Besson. Luc Besson. IMDb summary. Is he French? Oh. Oh, oui. Oui, oui. 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 <laughs> We're gross. We're horrible. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> um, IMDb summary. In the colorful future, oh my God. a cab driver unwittingly becomes the central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil and Mr. Zorg at bay. Oh, that is a terrible <laughs> summary. Evil is also capitalized, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I know it is. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, like, I think, I think, yes, I agree. I don't know what I'm saying. Great. Um, uh, popping off. Popping off. You put this disc in and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Because I think I bought this probably for about $2 (laughs) at Tunes of Hoboken, which is a record store slash used DVD emporium, mostly a record store. Yeah, yeah. Great Um, place. Check it out. Really good place. I hope it's still open. I bet it is. I hope it survived. Ooh, I don't know. Um, Tunes, if you're out there, let us know. (laughs) But I think I picked up, I was like, hey, The Fifth Element, I remember, I have good feelings about this. And then I spent $2 <laughs> on the DVD, and then I don't think I ever watched it. Um, one thing to mention, though, about the disc yes. is that we bought it, I bought it, and then looked at it, and there's a signature on the back of the case. What? That is inscrutable. Like, but it looks like someone signed it. Like, oh, the, like, I'm signing your DVD of The Fifth Element. That's weird. Found it. Found it. So, someone signed our copy of The Fifth Element. Steve. Duh. It's definitely Steve. It's definitely Steve. I think so. Look at that. It's definitely S T, and the last the last name starts with a D. I think. Yeah, Steve. Let me see. But I think I went through the whole like cast and crew list, and couldn't find a stada. Stada. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm gonna put it up on our social, and maybe we'll. Solve the mystery of yeah. who signed this used copy <laughs> of um, The Fifth Element. And yes, confirmed. I'm looking at the Instagram post that I made in 2014 when I purchased it. <laughs> and confirmed. It was $1.99. Nice. <laughs> nice. Worth every penny. Every penny. So that's The Fifth Element. Um, first of all, within the first 10 minutes, yeah, they say the title of the movie. 
twice times. <laughs> <laughs> twice times. And then they say it a bunch more times throughout. Yeah. I, uh... I, so I remember seeing this movie in 1997, which is like a very formative year for me. Like, I just remember that year being like, oh, I'm going to the movies all the time. Oh, I'm suddenly like really into whatever, like popular music of the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, like 1997 feels like a weird, like cultural turning point for me of like, oh, now I'm... I'm making decisions on my own. yeah, Yeah, a little bit. And, um... And this, I just remember seeing this in the theater and being like, that was weird. I liked it. Maybe that was like our generation's Star Wars. <laughs> I have no idea. Because um, it's big and crazy and sci-fi and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just remember, I, I have a very like distinct memory of seeing it as a kid. Yeah, I don't have a distinct memory of seeing it. I know I have seen it, not when it came out, mm-hmm. later. Um... Definitely a situation where someone else was like, hey, we should watch this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and in my head, it's it was very serious. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I was like watching it. I was like, this is goofy as hell. What yeah, is happening? It's extremely like, goofy. The, the, the picture of what the fifth element was in my brain is so different from what it actually is. Yeah. I... I'm I'm questioning whether I actually watched it, but I know that I did. Yeah. So plot wise, Bruce Willis plays a cab driver in like 2020, whatever New York. Yeah. Um, which is like this huge CGI megalopolis, and the oh god, now I'm trying to think of how to summarize this plot. I know. Um, essentially, he's tasked with escorting this girl who's like the key to saving humanity the titular fifth element the titular fifth element yes exactly um to on a quest to find some magic stones that then they're going to use to defeat the ultimate evil and they by doing they're fighting against the um evil corporate mr zorg who's like (laughs) also hunting the stones played by gary oldman yeah uh mila jovovich plays the fifth element yes there's also a priest with them ian holm Mm -hmm. on their journey they get on a cruise ship that is uh where chris tucker is like a dj (laughs) and then they're all fighting like these like dog men yeah. throughout it's fucking insane it's luke perry's in the in the beginning luke perry's in there it's fucking insane it's yeah it's so much like hitchhiker's guide in that there's just like all these crazy ideas crammed into this mm-hmm. into i mean in this one it's a very like familiar kind of save the world narrative but weird the whole thing's just weird yeah in what in the beginning of it because it has that same thing of of a good mix of practical and CGI mm-hmm. effects. And it does, I think it does a really good job. Like, now that we finished it, I'm like, it does a really good job balancing it and, you know, making it work. But in the first, like, half an hour watching it, I was like, why does this feel like, like, uh... Like my brother got super creative. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt like no, what do you like mean? it felt like an like amateur in a weird way. In a way that was like, this looks good, but it feels like someone in their basement built a Lego set and like figured out how to make it look cool. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I kind of know what you're saying. I think 
I, I might be misunderstanding. Uh-huh. I think what you're responding to is mm-hmm. like the Frenchness of it. <laughs> and I mean that seriously. I mean that seriously. Like I've watched French blockbusters before. And uh-huh. I mean, you've seen like, um, you know, other Luke, you know, there's other Luke Besson movies, but like, they're all like this. They're all just doing the most. Yeah. And it reminded me of um, Jean-Pierre Janu. Who did, and I don't mean to just link these just because they're from the same country, but uh-huh. they really do have a very similar feel. Okay. Because he did Amelie oh. and also uh, Alien Resurrection, which feels so much like this because okay. it's just like crazy ideas crammed into a thing, and you're like, this doesn't really work. Yeah. But sure, you know? Yeah. I um, don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't mean to dismiss all of French filmmaking, but I'm saying <laughs> there's a particular style of French blockbuster. Like action, action French like action movie that I yeah. think is like that. Like it's just, it's very like Terry Gilliam in a way or something. I don't know. There's like a there's like a weird, like uh, feel to it. Yeah, that I think is maybe what you're what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it was just very strange because I was as as we continued watching, I was like, no, no, this is the same thing, the goodness of Hitchhiker's Guide where it's a good mix, but it just, I don't know. There was something weird about it. Um, and also there's just a lot of like little things that look really goofy. That's like, you took it a step too far. Like there's this thing in the, in the, at the end of the opening where it's like, fire engulfs the screen and then there's like a skull in it. I was about to bring up the skull in the fire, (laughs) which is like a two second thing that happens, but was very memorable. Yeah, like, it's just goofy. I, like, I don't... What, why did we do that? I wrote down Skull in the Fire. <laughs> skull in the Fire. But speaking of that, it's like... It's like 17 minutes before Bruce Willis shows up. There's this huge, long opening. Yeah. And I feel like there's lots of very long sequences in, in this. One that sticks out is... Um, they are on this like cruise ship that's going to launch into space mm-hmm. and they uh they go to launch it and it the launch just takes about <laughs> 10 minutes of the movie while Chris Tucker uh performs Cunnilingus on one of the stewardesses <laughs> and yeah. uh or flight attendants or whatever and the the um like someone gets blown up and there's but like I was just watching it and I was just thinking like Oh, that's like 10 minutes that could have just gone from the movie. They already established that Chris Tucker, like, makes women orgasm just by talking to them. Right. They don't... None of this was necessary, but again, doing the most. Yeah. Just, like, there's <laughs> so much going on. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, there was also something strange about the sound mix. Sure. Not that I actually know what I'm talking about, but... The music was super loud, and I couldn't hear half the dialogue, which is like, I feel like a, an old person. But I couldn't hear I it. I couldn't hear it. Dear, we had to watch it with the captions on. Dear Tunes of Hoboken, <laughs> seven years ago, we paid one ninety nine for this DVD, and we have some thoughts. I have included a self addressed stamp envelope <laughs> for you to return my money to me. <laughs> um, no, but it's not. It's not just like oh, I couldn't hear it. It it it's the mix of it was off like that's not how you would i think yeah i think i think yeah i think like doing it's doing the most i think there's like <laughs> there's like techno happening while gary oldman is bleeding and trying to like it's <laughs> it's insane yeah um so 
I think the, the my biggest issue with this this no oh, here she goes here she goes film is is just the the portrayal of this fifth element she has a name what's her name Lilu Lilu Multipass Multipass um uh for the last movie we were just naming actors for this one we're just gonna say lines um from the film <laughs> uh no Coburn my man <laughs> Coburn but Coburn. uh but uh Lilu the portrayal of her it's just like. She's sort of a badass, but then there's this whole moment where they just take all of her power away and tell Bruce Willis that like the what I wrote down the exact line because I was like the fuck um, someone is dying and she says to Bruce Willis she's more fragile than she seems she needs your help and your love yeah. And I'm just like, oh, fucking gross. And then from that point on in the film, she's useless. Yeah, like, she's she, like, like, she's getting uh, carried around. I think she got shot or something. But then also she watched a video about how humans commit war. Right. And she got real upset. Got even though she sad. just watched uh, Bruce Willis and everyone, like, mow down a bunch of people with right, guns. Right, she spent the entire film kicking ass. Right. And then it's like, oh, war, what? But what does man do unto man? Yeah. And you're like, okay. And there's, and there's also, on top of all of that, there's a ton of obvious, like, obviously, like, weird sexualization of her, where yeah. she shows up or they conjure her. I'm not clear on what happened there. They had a thing, they had her hand, and then they created her. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And she's naked. And then they put the bandage dress on her. Right. Very famous. Everyone knows that. Right. Iconic. Yeah. Um, and then there's this weird part where in the beginning where Bruce Willis tries to kiss her and she says, not without my permission. Yeah. Um, which is lovely, but like it all just gets like erased by this thing of like, oh, she's fragile. And like he has to. And then spoiler alert for Fifth Element, like the 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 thing that needs to happen so that they save the world is that Bruce Willis has to tell her that he loves her. Right. And can they kiss? Which is hard for him to do because he went through a divorce. I don't like it's so stupid. The 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 love thing is very ill-advised and <laughs> it doesn't work at all because he's like a 40-something man, mm-hmm. grizzled man, and she's essentially a child. I mean, right. not Mila Jovovich isn't a child, but like the character is a child. Right. And he's also like, wants, like wants her. Right. Wants to fuck her. Right. Exactly. I, I, I was going to say make love, but sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it doesn't work at all. And it's like pretty, yeah, I did. It, it was also, it was like, Ooh, yeah, I don't really care for it. Not great. I think there's a way to, you know, earn that love story, but she has to not be a child mm-hmm. and they're, they have to like, not, I mean, she's re you know, she's Mila right, Jovovich. She reads as like 16 in this movie. Right. And yeah, exactly. There's a way to have, there's a way to have all of that, to have this kind of arc of her being like, um, not actually a child, but childlike in, in like, this sense of like love is the thing that will beat evil yeah. and then getting beat down to the point where she doesn't believe it anymore. And then him restoring that in her, yeah. there's a way to do that arc. That's a little less gross, but it's just like, yeah, bleh in this, I yeah. don't like it. However, I will say that this cast in general is like fairly diverse. I mean, all of your leading people are 
white. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but like the president is a black guy yeah. and he's flanked by an Asian man the whole time. And there's just like well, Chris Tucker also Chris Tucker. Exactly. Incredible. Like there's just a lot of a lot of colors happening throughout the whole thing. Um, oh, there's a lot of colors happening in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it in the colorful future. Col- the col- IMDb summary said colorful future. Um, but, uh, but it's this, it's this, it struck, it struck me because film from 1997, even having like background actors that are diverse is weird. And it's literally just because it's like, oh, it's the future. In the yeah. future, there's like different colors. No, bitch. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that's like, I think. This movie doesn't quite work for me, especially, I mean, anymore, mm-hmm. but there is something, like, it is, there is something about that, like, Frenchness of it, where it's, it's just not how Hollywood would have made this movie. You know what I mean? Um, would you say that it has a little, uh, je ne sais quoi? I would say it's a spicy meatball. <laughs> We are truly the worst. I'm sorry. We're going to stop. Um, <laughs> to all our French listeners. And Italian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, I just think there's like, there. it's it's not, uh, it's not nothing, the fifth element. No. Because it's, it's just not like anything else in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think it quite works or anything. And, no. and I don't need to ever watch it again, probably. But yeah. <laughs> and well, and again, much like hitchhiker's guide, I got real bored. Yeah. Like 40 minutes in, it was a slog. Yeah, it was. And it's, well, and it's a solid two hours. It's a, over two hours. Yeah. And I think it, this one especially does not, I think both of these movies should be 90 minutes long at most. Yes. Uh, this one, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide is about one forty-five or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this one is over two and it's like, oh, brother. No, no thank no. you. No, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Costumes by Jean-Paul Gaultier. Yeah, the costumes look great. So much of it looks great. Yeah. yeah. The production design is incredible. Yeah. Like, a lot of the CGI is not, is like goofy but good. Yeah. Like those shots of the city, like yeah, I remember yeah. as a kid being like, Oh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I remember, and coming into it this time, I was like, Oh, this is going to be rough. Yeah. This is going to look real bad. And it but, looked pretty good. Yeah, it does. I mean, it looks like old CGI, but it's like not right. bad. It has that thing of, with movies from the nineties that are, um, I think I've said this before where they look like Matt, like M A T T E yeah. Matt. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or like fuzzy? Yeah. Like shows and movies from the 90s just have a look where everything... There was a point in time where colors on films and television were like notched right the heck up and saturation was a thing. Um, And not that there wasn't color mixing for stuff in the 90s, but it was much more muted. Yeah, I think so. I think, think, yeah, there's something about this... That, that it's that sheen that you're talking about. Like, yeah. That it's not it's not quite as like slick and shiny, mm-hmm. even though it's still like CGI and right. Know. Um, yeah, and also I just I think there's uh, the love story stuff doesn't work at all. But mm-hmm. there's there's parts of this movie that are like with like I think Bruce Willis in this period of his career 
was so great. Yeah. I, I think he's really great in this. There's, there's like parts where he's like getting frustrated with her. He's like, yeah, Lilu multipass. Like mm-hmm. he's like doing his like, oh, you know, Andrew Dice Clay light stuff <laughs> that works really well. And I love him in this and I love him in 12 Monkeys and, uh, the, the third Die Hard movie is one of the greatest movies ever. And so, like, he's great in this. Mila Jovovich is really great in She's this. She's really great. She's incredible. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you've got Ian Holm. Like, I just... It's a shame that they couldn't make that love story work or that yeah. they, they just felt they needed the love story because it would have been so much better if they just let them be... Let them be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, they're such good... They're so good in this. That's all. Yeah. No. Fully agree. We can move on. Uh, is it available? It's guys on Fubo. It's on Fubo. I refuse to learn what it is. Um, great. Well, uh, should we do the points? Let's do the points, man. Okay. Okay. First, rate each movie on a scale between one and twenty. I give Hitchhiker's Guide a 12. Okay. And I give The Fifth Element a 9. 12 and a 9. Okay. I'm going to give Hitchhiker's Guide a 10. And Fifth Element, a six. Not a five for Fifth Element? I said what I said. <laughs> okay, great. Second, add or subtract points based on these criteria. This is the Joe Garden Memorial point system. Yes. And we're also adding point system rules. If you have any, please send them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it Criterion Collection? Neither is Criterion no. Collection. That would be plus one point, but we're not doing it. Is it part of a series you own others of? That would be plus two points, but no. No. Is it part of a box set? That would be plus five points, but no. No. Lady Director would be plus eight points, but no. Certainly not. Is it available streaming? Minus one for every platform it is available on. So Hitchhiker's Guide gets minus two. Mm-hmm. And Fifth Element gets minus one. Yep. Has the director been canceled? I don't know anything about Garth Jennings, and I don't know anything about Luke Besson being canceled. So, no. No. That would be minus four points, but no. Ice maker. <laughs> uh, does it start James Woods or John Voight? No. No. Happily no. Nostalgia points. Would you like to award any nostalgia points? I will give three nostalgia points to the fifth element. Three? Wow. Okay. All right. Would you like to award No. Them? Not a single <laughs> one. Neither of these That's have... surprising, though, because you, t- you waxed poetic about how you read the books, you loved the books. Is that your fucking impression of me? Mm-hmm. I love the books. <laughs> Fuck off, man. So you're not going to give any nostalgia points to Hitchhiker's Guide? Well, no. I don't feel the same nostalgia for the movie. All right. I kind of like the movie. All right. Gag reel points. Five points for a gag reel, seven points for a good gag reel. Neither of these have a gag reel. Yeah. The heck? All right. You what know we... that Hitchhiker's Guide gag reel is really good, too. Yeah. Most Steph. Yeah. Come on. Malkovich. Um, what are we doing? I think we're probably, look, we invested $2 in this seven years ago, (laughs) and I think it's time to cut our losses and say goodbye to the fifth element. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Of the two, I would 
possibly suffer through Hitchhiker's Guide again. Suffer through? <laughs> My word. Um, I never want to watch The Fifth Element ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Too harsh? No. Too harsh? Not at all. I, I, ju- I agree, just, kind of. Oh, it was just rough. It was rough going. It was. Um, okay. All right, peace out, Fifth Element. Element. Thank you for trying. Uh, we appreciate the effort. And in all your franchness. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. <laughs> we gotta stop. Okay. Okay, let's pick next week's movie. Let's pick the next matchup. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 926. 926 is from 2003, Peter Pan. <gasps> Ooh. What? Uh, nothing. <laughs> oh, no. I think I know what. I'm just, that's great. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, brother. Okay. The 2003 Peter Pan <laughs> with Jason Isaacs and the kid from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,009. 1,009. Is from 1997, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Oh my god. <laughs> the talk of the town about a month ago. <laughs> yes, it really was. <laughs> about a month ago. Wow. Wow. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. That's exciting. Great. That's great. All right. Peter Pan. And Cinderella, not Disney's. The not the non Disney version. The non Disney versions. Wow! And again, a crazy. That's a crazy thematic episode. I know. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled to you're watch Peter so, Pan and Cinderella. You're so excited! I can't wait. <laughs> I'm actually excited. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun one. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I will have fun. All right. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Just keep saying it over and over I again. I am having fun. I am having fun. This is fun. This is fun. <laughs> no, I'm interested. I remember that Peter Pan being just okay, mm-hmm. but I remember, and I've never seen that Cinderella, and I feel like everyone's been talking about how good it is, and so I want to see it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. And I hope that tonight you get a really solid night's sleep. Just like boom out. I might have said that one already. But you know what? I hope for it again because sleep is important. All right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's already looking at his phone, folks. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. All right. Come back next week and see who survives. DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death
The the gods of fate have <laughs> smiled on us once more. Oh no. Bingo bongo, baby. <laughs>